Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best. Hello and welcome to Triple P, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys. This is Justin Bradford, along with Matt Best. It's been a while. We had to just decompress a little bit from the stadium series, and Matt had a banger of a weekend <laughs> that weekend. Oh. He's, he started a new job. He, he's He's moving. As well, I mean, so many things are happening in his life that it, it was good to take a little bit of a, a breather for him after that big trip, right, Matt? Yeah, I mean, the big trip was honestly one of the most fun sports trips I've ever done. And it's not, be, this is going to sound so corny, it's not because of the game, it's because <laughs> of the people. I mean, from start yeah. to finish, like, we had our boys date. Um, I got to hang out with Kyle Perkins the whole weekend. Uh, it, it's, it was just, it was so much fun. I mean, I could go on and on and give shout outs to everybody, but I mean, anyone who made an appearance, I, I do want to give special shout outs actually, because okay. people did make my weekend. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for everything. Like meeting up with us, having that initiative to actually just DM me and be like, Hey man, I want to hang out. Um, I learned that Peyton is now Kyle's son. <laughs> I've discovered that. Um, through the magic of <laughs> beers. Uh, but honestly, the list goes on and on. Saw Boyd at a bar by chance, which was amazing. That was hilarious to me. Um, there's so many people. I, Eric Young, I want to thank, too, for just being a nice stand-up guy when I got to see him over at the uh, – I forget what it's called already. Tailgate Home Base Freakout. Thank you, that. Uh, <laughs> Glenn, like, so nice seeing her. That was amazing. There's so many people. John just getting to hang out with him and finally put like a person to the face or not yep. the face, but the Twitter account kind of thing. Yeah. Everyone was phenomenal. There wasn't one negative person highlight of it all. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was good. It was good. I mean, you fattened me up. You fed me some good, good food. I, uh, I will say my favorite part of the whole trip was when we were at your house and we had to go back to your place. And you had oh, to no. go get tickets, I think it was, or something. Your other, you know, you had to go get your other wallet. Yeah. And while backing up, you just hit the hell out of your garbage can more than once. And, and you were like reaching out and pushing it. And it was the funniest shit I think I've seen in a very long time. It was oh. just an awful angle. And then we were late. Yeah. And I thought we were on time. Oh, yeah. I think people need to know about that day. I mean, after the stadium series, oh, Jesus, I have a story about Kyle and I ordering pizza, and that's not great. Um, I'll tell that one in a bit. But after yeah. the stadium series, I mean, I'm hungover. We go out for Filipino <laughs> food, and I'm very hungover. Everyone who was there, like, Daniel saw me, and I, that was the first time that I ever got to see Daniel. And I, I'm looking at him like, I feel like hell. And Daniel and I talk a lot, like, through DMs. I'm like, this is such a shitty way for me to feel when it's our first time meeting. But he's also the man. That was so nice meeting him, too. And I'm there just scarfing down food and trying to feel better. I ate my rice first, trying to build up a base. And then I'm joking <laughs> in there, and I'm, I'm you planned a day for us, and I didn't know what this day consisted of. And I was like, oh, we better not be drinking. We better not be doing this. We better not be doing that. And lo and behold, we go to a distillery for the first stop, and we got fed, what, Oops. like six shots? I think it was more than that. It was we, we went to Corsair for those of you that aren't from there, Corsair at Marathon. And so we got we got a lot of tastings like, after we had cocktails before the tour. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was such a good time. 
and yeah there's so many highlights we could spend honestly like two hours going over that whole weekend and then and then went to yazoo mm-hmm. half room where, where of the the new one the well still new in madison where we were the only people on a tour so we had a basically a two-on-one tour mm-hmm. with the tour guy there and so we got plenty of beer during yes, that which made me had, piss plenty of times <laughs> and had to sober up before we drove because we had all that liquor and then i was fine and then had beer <laughs> and had to get buffalo chicken dip and then you had to get a covid test oh yeah my 250 dollar covid test for my flight home where the restrictions were lifted the day after that was really yeah. fun for me that was that was top notch are you having a beer yes i don't think i've had many drinks since <laughs> the stadium series Okay, well, going on. speaking of drinking, well, I'll hold, tell hold the... on, hold on. Afterwards, after all that, went to Honey Fire Barbecue, which was Didn't unreal. Yeah. That was so yeah. good. I usually like when I'm home and I don't want to cook. There's like a barbecue <laughs> place that I order from. I haven't. It hasn't even crossed my mind. There's no point. It won't yeah, compare because it's probably not like no. barbecue. I mean, it, it it's good, but it's not authentic good. Like it's it's eh, it's alright. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Kyle and I after the stadium <laughs> series. We get back to the hotel, and no, we're not even back at the hotel. We're like, we're thinking, we're like, let's just order our food now on our way back to the hotel. Oh boy. We order our food from a place that says it'll be there in about 15 minutes. We order this at about like 1.30, 2 o'clock. 15 minutes goes by, we're back at the hotel, still says 15 minutes. Another 45 minutes passes by, still says 15 minutes. I call three or four times because at this point, Kyle and I are very drunk, sitting on the couch, wanting to go to sleep. It's like three o'clock in the morning by this time. And I'm like, hey, man, is is our food coming? They're like, yeah, no problem. It's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. Another hour passes. I call again. Hey, is our food coming? Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, it's coming. Sorry. Just the delay. It's so busy tonight. Okay, no problem. I made the mistake of saying to Kyle, I'm going to go sit in bed for a bit. I went, laid in bed. Two minutes later, Kyle falls asleep. We sleep through the night like babies up until about 530 where I wake up. And I have a text message from the Uber Eats driver saying, I left your food here, tried knocking, and took a picture of it outside the door. I opened the door. The food's not there. So I was like, well, shit. That's a drunk, like, $65 mistake. Whatever. You live, you learn. It's a story to tell. The story gets better. The next morning, Kyle and I, before we go to the Filipino feast, we're feeling like absolute shit. And we're starting to walk towards the elevators. And this nice lady comes out of the housekeeping, like, I don't know, room that's on our floor. And she's like, are you the guys in, I think we were like three or six, 13 or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that's us. And she's like, oh, you didn't like answer your door last night. And I was like, nah, I was like, we slept through the night. And she's like, oh, the pizza guy came and we were banging on your door, like trying to make sure that you got your food because there was a lot of it. And we're like, yeah, like, oh, well, it's gone kind of thing. She's like, oh, it's at the front desk. I was like, hmm. I was nice to her. I said, oh, thank you so much. Like, you're a lifesaver. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. She disappears. We get in the elevator. I turn to Kyle. I said, I'm not fucking going getting that. Like, the embarrassment of me <laughs> going to the front desk and being like, yeah, that's my pizza that you hammered on the door for that no one came and got. No, no, no. So I wonder what they did with it. <clears throat> Would you eat it or yeah. throw it out if you worked there? Oh, I'd eat it. Yeah, because you know no one's fucked with it. It got delivered to you. Yeah. Basically, it got delivered. If I if I'm working the desk and then nobody else, there was no other person that touched it. I would eat it. I would totally eat it. It's unclaimed. 
I just want to know how much money you threw away on your trip. What do you <laughs> define throw away? That was throwing away money. You threw away money right there. Probably only that. That's the only oh, thing okay. we really truly. Actually, no, we ordered from somewhere the night before and the food was truly not good. I'd consider oh. that a throwaway too. Probably about a hundred bucks and throw away. Okay, well, that's not too bad. That's I can I, take a hundred. Nashville could have been worse. Yes, but, but you also, definitely had your fair share of alcohol. What is that trip. up with ordering a shot of something and it comes out and it's like two shots? What do you mean? Well, that doesn't happen like here. What? What? I ordered like one shot of booze from. You, you know, we use a different measuring system here, right? <laughs> well, okay, what do you use? Like, I'm just kidding. Use gulps? Like uh, the stuff we were getting was. Uh, we we make them big down here. They were big. Everything, I guess, is bigger in the South. Um, <laughs> I, like, my liver got a true workout, and I thought I could handle booze. I don't, mm, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. I don't know if I yacked, maybe. I did. I mean, I made myself. Yep, I did. Anyways, yeah, no one wants yeah, to I remember you that, but no, I did. No. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so that's why it was a nice, chill, more social drinking thing that we did when we went out. And yes. Like just pounding them back. Yes. That we was... even had absinthe at Corsair. Yeah, I uh, I haven't opened the bottle that I bought from there yet. However, I have, Kyle gave me this, and he gave you this concoction. Oh, yeah, I've had some, yes. And it gets you completely shit-faced, and I had one of my buddies over, and I had, had him like have a shot of it. And he's like, this is so smooth. Like, what is it? Oh, my God. It's smooth so good. burn, man. And I was like, yeah, it's about 70%. And he's like, what? And <laughs> it, like, that was delicious. The fact that you got all this home without declaring it, too. I've traveled once or twice. <laughs> I, I traveled once or twice on, on a prop. <laughs> yeah. No more prop planes. Abolish prop planes for flights longer than two hours. Please, for like, Matt's sake. That's all... <sighs> Especially when you're going home and you kind of don't feel the greatest still. Like, you have that lingering two-day hangover, but it's not a true hangover. You just, your body's like, please let me rejuvenate Well, yeah, because I took you out drinking, and then I gave you meat sweats. You did. Also, <laughs> I watched Steven Stamkos' parents freak out, which was awesome. Um, so, if you know you're at an airport, and sometimes they do passport checks, and they're like, hey, paging <laughs> so-and-so to come to the desk for passport verification... So we're sitting there, and, like, the two gates next to each other are Toronto and Toronto. One's WestJet, one's Air Canada, and the flights are 30 minutes apart. So most of those people are wearing hockey jerseys. There's a lot of uh, Tampa Bay fans especially, too. And all you hear over the intercom is, uh, yeah, we'd like to page the following passengers for passport verification. They go through a list of names, and then they're like, blah, 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 Stamkos, and blah, 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 Stamkos. And everyone is like, oh, my God, oh, my God. What? What? There were people asking Stephen Stamkos' parents for an autograph, which I find serious? ridiculous. What are you going to do? Go to your friend and be like, I got Stamkos' parents' autograph. Like, who gives a shit? The, the Stamkos' parents got mad at the clerk at the desk and was like, do you not know who we are? Like, kind of thing. They didn't say that, but it was like a come on kind of thing. And my whole assumption is I doubt the person working there I highly doubt knew it, yeah. who Stamkos was. But they're not Canadian working there. They're it was American. Just an honest mistake, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not trying to make Stamkos' parents look like pissy villains, but I, I just figure... In but it's Canada, unwanted attention. It's yeah, drawing unwanted yeah. attention just because and of the name. People are going to recognize that. They weren't rude or anything. They were just more like, come on. Because the last thing I'm sure they wanted to do was sign weird-ass jerseys when they're not even the player. 
Right, just get bothered a little bit. They yeah, just, they figured, oh, we'll go to Nashville, not going to get bothered by much. And, How many people are going to recognize us? And they were normal people on a normal prop plane. Like they sat in, normal in, a, prop plane. in the plus seats of a prop plane, which means you get about four more inches of legroom, and four inches goes Ooh. a long way. But I mean, yes, they, it does. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they they didn't come off as pompous before people think I'm just railing on. Well, but you're covering, you're making sure to cover. Yes. I don't, I, I, you didn't come off that way describing them anyways. Yeah, no, they so, just unwanted attention, like you said. So let's take a pause from life updates and pivot to hockey talk because because so many people love our 25% of hockey talk. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's been a while and things for the Predators, especially for individual players, have certainly looked up aside from a contract situation. So I'm just going to kind of bring up a, one topic here before we get one, to one of the big ones. And let's, let's start with this. And that is Matt Duchesne. We, we, I want three topics we're going to cover. So we're going to start with Matt Duchesne. Okay. Did you ever expect Matt Duchesne to have this type of production in Nashville, given what he's done in his first two seasons in Nashville? Granted, they're, you know, little messed up seasons, shortened seasons, but it still, he just wasn't clicking even when he was with Forsberg before. We've seen so many different things like that. But the iteration of Matt Duchesne this season is, if not for Philip Forsberg breaking the single-season goal record for the Predators, Matt Duchesne certainly would. And he is very close to having a career season, meaning he reached 70 points twice in, in his career recently when he was with Ottawa slash Columbus. And people were expecting, well, that's kind of a fluke. But thinking how long he's been in the league, He's been in the league for over a decade, and he could set a new personal best in terms of point production this season. How shocking is that to you? Expected just your thoughts behind this, especially, again, as we always say, somebody outside the Nashville market. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's nuts to me. and I mean, it's even topical that Kyle Perkins messaged me about 20 minutes before the show and went, <laughs> remember when you laughed at me for drafting Duchesne in our fantasy draft? And I went, yep. And even now I have <laughs> Duchesne somewhere now, too. But it's... He's not the last player on the team I would have expected to have a career year, but he's near there because just how volatile he's always been throughout his career. In Colorado, he had the 67-point season, the 70-point season, and that's when people are like, he's going to get better and better. Then he had a nice stretch of years with Colorado where he wasn't the greatest, 55 points, 59, 41, and then he had that 70-point season with Ottawa and Columbus <laughs> where everyone's like, yeah, well, he in Ottawa was the man. Like, he was the guy that had to score the goals. In Nashville, he's never had to be the man. He's just been paid like he's the man. It's always been Forsberg's there. And I'd even put Arvey over him when Arvey was with the team. And Duchesne was never supposed to be the man. Now they're giving Duchesne the opportunity to be the man and play on the first line with people who he's found good chemistry with. I still don't think from the beginning of the season that it was a formula set up, but I do like for success. But I do remember you and I talking like you either have to play him on that first line mm -hmm. and give him the cast he needs, or he's a third line center making eight million dollars. I'm very <laughs> glad that he is the former and not the latter of those two that we laid out. It's uh next season. I mean, I'll say this now. I don't think he's going to do this again. It's just... It's hard to repeat something like it's that. It's also hard to predict because you don't know what's going to happen with Phil. 
You don't mm-hmm. know where he's going to end up. And I mean, that's a topic in itself too, but that's coming up 34 goals is wild to me. And it's because the style that the Preds are playing right now is very reminiscent of the early Colorado days when he was there where it's crash and bang around the net, crash and bang, and then one person kind of gets to be fancy with it. And Matt Duchesne's been really good on the puck this year and even better off the puck in order to get to good situations. He, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what he ate. I don't know what's in his Wheaties. He's shooting an ungodly 19%. And to put that into perspective, the last time he scored 70 points, he shot 21% with Ottawa, shot 8.7 with Columbus that year. But his shooting percentage, they're letting him shoot the puck. He'll finish with over 200 shots, which has led to success for him. And when you think about it, too, it's late this late in the season, and his shooting percentage is that. Yeah. I mean, it's less than 20 games left in the regular season. And at, at a point in time, I think it was like in January, like, okay, things are going to cool down. Things are going to cool down for some of these players. For some players of this Predators team, things have not cooled down. If anything, they've just increased. And that leads up to the next one, which is Roman Yossi. And what he has been able to accomplish this season is unheard of, not just for Nashville Predators fans, but for most modern-day defensemen in what he is accomplishing right now. And that is insane point production while also being responsible in the defensive zone and being a putt-moving defenseman when you see zone entries and zone exits, he leads all defensemen in those categories. It's not just that he's producing offensively but he's actually doing his job as a defenseman to get the puck out of the zone and even carry it into the offensive zone and looking at what he's doing right now and i made sure to mention this on twitter talked about on penalty box radio on the live show but he is on pace for around 100 points it fluctuates depending on how many points he gets in each game but he was on that that tear where he had so many three plus point nights in a row that he mm-hmm. was up there with bobby Orr in the conversation But if he gets to 92 points this season, which he's only 14 away now, 14 away from 92 points, that would put him in the top 23 of production all time in defensemen in a single season. And I picked that number for a reason, because every single player above that is in the Hall of Fame. Gary Suter, which would be right below that at 91 points, I believe, is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, but not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I chose that level for that reason because you have Bobby Orr, Brian Leach, uh, Felix Potvin, Phil Housley, uh, Ray Bork, all those guys. Those, those are huge names in the history of this game. And Roman Yossi's on pace to potentially get to triple digits as a defenseman this far in his career. I mean, he's quote-unquote old yeah. <laughs> now. And he, the way he's producing is ungodly to where I, – I, and this is what I'm bringing up to the discussion point. I'm saying my piece before I get to you, Matt, yep. is that in the way that he's taken over control, not just point production but other stats, more and more national people need to be talking about him for the Norris Trophy aside from Kale McCarr and not taken away from Kale McCarr by any means. They're both elite. And Kale McCarr, with, it, with his age and everything, is going to win – at least, at least one Norse trophy. It'll be at him least. and Adam Fox for years. Yeah. And so that's going to be there. And that's again, not to take away from him, but you look at the production, it's Roman Yossi right now and what he's doing because Roman Yossi also, if he, I think, creeps up a couple more spots overall in points for the NHL, should be in the heart conversation. If he gets into like top four, top five, 
just because of what he's doing as well too. Because yeah, forwards are expected to produce, but a defenseman doing that plus having forwards like Forsberg and Duchesne also producing above a point per game, that just shows how much more offensive production this Predators team has gotten compared to the past where it was shocking to see any player be even close to point per game, but to have three that are over point per game is just insane. So my, my big thing is with Roman Yossi that it, time's running thin and I cannot imagine this man getting to 100 points and not winning the Norris, even though we always say it's not about offensive <clears throat> production, but the voters treat it as offensive production. Mm-hmm. That's what they treat it as. So he damn well better win, especially if he gets to 100 points, because right now I don't see Kale McCarr keeping pace with Roman Yossi. The, well, I want to circle back to the hard conversation first. Okay. If Roman Yossi can crack top five to top six, he's seven right now in points scored. He needs serious consideration. Absolutely. The, the front runners right now are Connor McDavid because he has the points lead. Austin Matthews because he has 46 yep. goals. Yep. I'd put Roman Yossi. It gets tricky. It yeah. does get tricky because do you go with a Shesterkin who, yeah, had a lot of good games, but he's floundered a couple recently, or do you go with a Roman Yossi there? To me, I think you go with Roman Yossi. The only reason Jonathan Huberto will not be in consideration among serious consideration is because assists aren't sexy. And they never have been and they never will be. You can, like, there needs to be a stat where you can look at primary assists and people can actually give a shit about that. But nobody really digs into that. According to betting odds, Roman Yossi has been fourth and fifth at a lot of places. If he cracks the top three of Hart Trophy consideration and doesn't win the Norris, the trophy system is super flawed then. The, Absolutely. The, my cutoff will be if Yossi finishes the year among sports books as the fourth highest odds to win the Hart and doesn't win the Norris, something's wrong. As of right now, the only thing stopping Yossi from winning the Norris is himself. Yeah. That is it. Nobody else. He cannot blame anyone else. I do think Kale McCarr does have a chance, though to creep up to him but he's got to make it like within a point or two in order for there to be a conversation of who is more deserving of the Norris and then I think the tiebreaker goes to well the abs are supposed to be good and the Preds were supposed to be very mediocre without Roman Yossi's 78 points right now this team is shittier much shittier Yossi's making Duchesne good Yossi's making Phil good Yossi's making everybody around him look good except for the bottom pairing and a bit of depth but that's a different story in itself um (laughs) it's I'm gonna pull up the odds after I finish my piece here but if I had to bet I'd well I'd bet on Kale McCarp as the underdog is just easier money but Roman Yossi for me is like a 90% lock to win he should be yeah, like, the fact of the matter is, I mean, up here, a lot of people aren't talking about it. A lot of people aren't saying Roman Yossi to win, Roman Yossi to win. More of the conversation, honest to God, is Roman Yossi's attractive. Roman Yossi's attractive, but he won't win. Which, I mean, he is a good-looking dude, but you got to give yeah. him consideration to win the heart or the Norris. Best like, how, how many times do you include him in the conversation with Bobby so, Orr? Best and- defenseman <laughs> right now, Kale McCarr minus 350, Roman Yossi plus 300. I did not think it was going to be like that. I thought it was going to be the other way flipped around. It's crazy. I'm putting money on Yossi as we speak, by the way. Especially with that odds right there, right? Plus 300, yeah, sign me up. 
<laughs> before it flips. <laughs> yeah. Before I mean, we're recording this before they play the Golden Knights tonight. So before he goes off, I'm not jinxing it. Is if he mm-mm, done talking? Mm-mm. No, no, no. You be, you best be done talking. Yeah. You have to deal with some people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm not saying anything else about that. So, but, but but that's that's the crazy part though is that just last week that NHL.com writers were saying, "Oh, Kale McCarr is a clear favorite." Kamikaze is a clear favorite. Like I clear. How can anything be clear? I can understand have a conversation. Just like if Yossi gets in top five in points, he deserves to be in the conversation for hard. I'm not saying he should outright win it, but a conversation is different from saying clear favorite. That's the thing that bothers me the most when people are like, "Oh, well, Kamikaze is a clear favorite." I'm like, what? There's still at that point, there's still 20 games left in the season. I say clear. I also don't get it because, like, I look at fantasy rankings too because I play fantasy hockey. I bet I do DFS. Everywhere still has Kale McCarr ranked higher. In DFS, Kale McCarr has been more money. I get it because the attraction in DFS is who does he get to play with a lot of the time. Kale McCarr gets to play with some of the best players in hockey. Roman Yossi gets to play with some good players. I'm not ready to call Philip Forsberg one of the best players in hockey. Not well, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, <laughs> or Miko Rantanen, right? Like these right. guys are just another level above. Whereas Yossi's carrying the team. Last year, we looked at it and said the team wouldn't be where they are without Yusisaros. This year, even more so, the team would not be where they are without Roman Yossi because he's made everybody better. Yes, a goalie can steal you games. A defenseman or a forward can completely impact your whole team's offensive and defensive structure. Roman Yossi deserves more than just Norris consideration. He definitely deserves the heart consideration, too. Absolutely. Okay. So, that being said, let's get on to Philip Forsberg. Oh, boy. Well, first of all, let's just start with his production this year. And it's always about the what ifs. But the first what if is, can you imagine if he had not been injured? COVID aside, because he had the little break from because he had COVID uh, on COVID protocol, which happens to players. But had he been healthy, it's the what if there. Because this is his first year, I think, where he's been overly consistent with the scoring. Every year it's been, every other year it's been in, in waves even when he had his his other 30 goal seasons they've been more in waves this Mm -hmm. year has been extremely consistent with his production and goals and the what if happens that if he had been consistent he could be topping 45 or maybe even get to 50 goals uh this season he's changed his style slightly philip forsberg used to be a lock for shots per game over two and a half throughout his whole career this year he has 154 shots through 51 games and now that is a lot of shots but over his 30-goal seasons, 247 and 234, shooting percentage right. of 13. If you notice this year, Phil is way more picky when he shoots. He waits until he has an actual shot at the net and isn't going like, all right, and wasting an opportunity and just firing it at the logo. He's only he's shooting 22.7%, <laughs> which we talked about Matt Duchesne is nuts. Like, that's not sustainable. It shouldn't be sustainable, but here we are. <laughs> After he's played 51 games himself, shooting 22%. This, like, it's it, it's not long-term sustainable. You know that. I know that. Like, but it could be sustainable to finish the season and get to the playoffs. But he can have a one-off season like this, and it can work. The, the, I'll, I'll, I will always circle back to when the Los Angeles Kings won the Stanley Cup. It was a perfect storm. That whole team had high shooting percentages. They had one of the best fourth lines in hockey. They had the best goaltender at the time. Yeah, I was going to say goaltending. They had it all click at the same time. I am not saying that the Preds are going to go on an L.A. Kings-style run. I'm they have just blue line saying problems still. 
do they ever <laughs> i'm just saying that they have the key components where in a cinderella season they got most of it in terms of longevity my outlook on this team going into next year is very similar to what it was this year fringe bubble playoff team because things have clicked so well this season right and there's so many question marks going to the offseason i'm excited to chat this offseason because we're going to talk about phil every day every single day so let's before we get to that all kind of relative to forsberg trade deadline day (laughs) the one actual nhl move they made was trading for sorry jeremy lausanne Mm -hmm. (laughs) second round pick yeah I mean, I don't think people realize because they see it just like Davies is supposed to be Jeremy Davies, right? Davies, whatever. Um, I mean, the accent marks are there mm-hmm. <laughs> just for Lausanne. Uh, Lausanne, Jeremy Lausanne, Jeremy Lausanne hauling up the puck, <laughs> but a second round pick. And we've been addressing this, I've been asked every single time I've done an appearance uh, on radio or whatnot. What do you think the Preds need? What do you think the Preds need? I'm like, depth on the blue line. Depth on the blue line, but I don't want them to give up anything more than a fourth. That has been the the consistent thing I've been saying for three weeks leading up is that roll with what you have, but build up some depth, get a veteran defenseman that maybe even be a rental, but pay no more than a fourth because I don't think it's worth it. You still need to continue to rebuild the cupboard. And what does David Paul go out and do? He sends a goddamn second-round pick for a third-pairing defenseman that, yes, is an RFA, and people are like, yeah, but but it's not a true rental. It's a rental. It is a God rental. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. Even though it's an RFA, yes, you have the rights. You can qualify them whatever you want. They can hold out if they want to. We've seen that happen where holdouts have happened. Ryan Ellis being one of them. It's not a guarantee. Not worth a second round pick. It, I'm sure hopefully people saw the numbers. He is serviceable. This is nothing against Jeremy Lawson. There's nothing against him. It is a, against the price they paid for him because he is something that they can use as a third pairing for depth. Absolutely. My problem is the price they paid I, for this because a second round pick is valuable in this upcoming draft. So quickly, Jeremy Lawson, I'm just going to call him by his super like fun name like that. Um, I firmly believe David Poyle went into this trade and went, he was drafted in the second round, therefore worth a second. Here you go. <laughs> That's the only explanation huh. I can come up with. He's 24 years old. What you see is kind of what you're going to get, barring yeah. like this weird late bloomer thing that... And that's fine. Which is, yes, and I mean, yeah. case in point, Michael Bunting is 29 years old, I think, around there, or 27, something like that, and he has been pretty good as a late bloomer, but there are only so many of them, and they typically come out of nowhere. Um my the fun thing that I've been doing is if you go to Google and you type in twenty NHL twenty twenty two draft, I'm gonna read just some of the things. The twenty twenty two draft class appears to be a strong one. Certainly it's miles better than the twenty twenty one group. Let's read you another one. The twenty twenty two NHL draft is a very exciting group of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but the twenty twenty one draft, people are ranking it as one of the worst ever. People have been saying that a lot of the prospects in the second round that are slated to go in this draft could have been first round talents as high as pick 15 last year. Yep. So uh, I don't, I didn't understand it whatsoever. It's the biggest and grossest overpay of the day on trade deadline. When you look at what other players were going for, 
I mean, the Leafs basically traded for Mark Giordano half his salary and more for two second round picks. What? Like, if that's the bar, and I know that trade came after, <laughs> what, what, like, David Poyle must see something in Lawson that nobody else sees. Nope. No, he just, I, I have a feeling that it was one of those things that they probably heavily scouted. And like, that's what we need if Borowiecki keeps getting injured. If... Someone's going to hit and they complain the PK, which again, is fine. Those are fine qualities for what they got. The player is not the problem. The price is the problem. I'm trying to find, do you remember how early in the day they traded for him? It was early, right? It was pretty early. I would say what, maybe 1030 or 11 a.m. So there were still hours left in the trade deadline. The only thing I can think of is he panicked and just went, ah, maybe, but I mean, I stand corrected. Um, Oh wait, no, I don't, no, I don't, I don't stand corrected. (laughs) But, but that's, that's the thing that is just so weird to me is they, a second, I mean, Seattle fleeced them. I do stand corrected. This trade was after the Leafs trade. Just had to clarify. But still, Like, that makes it even worse for David Boyle. Did he just see, like, two second-round picks? Colin Blackwell, Mark Giordano the other way, and David Boyle's like, I also have a second-round pick. Let me spend it. If it had been a fourth, we would not be having this conversation. Be like, you know what? Okay, I would have rather been a fifth, but okay. The the price the Leafs paid is because they need to make a playoff, like, push past the first round. Therefore, two two second-round picks make sense. The Predators are fringy right now. And Jeremy Lawson isn't a Mark Giordano. He isn't a Colin Blackwell. Like, he's not going to be an immediate impact player. He's not going to step into the lineup and go, yep, we're immediately better. The second round, like, if this was a fourth-round pick, this would have been fine. A third-round yeah. pick, probably scratch my head a bit. A second-round pick is downright In a deep draft. stupid. In a deep draft. There's no defending that. That's among the strikes that David Poyle has occurred or accrued over us doing podcasts together this one's way up there in terms of what the what are you doing i know and and it's crazy to think well it's just one it's a minor trade but it isn't when it's a deep draft coming up like you you, second round picks have so much value in this upcoming draft therefore it should have been a higher caliber player if you were going for that not a depth player he's total depth player and i cannot see him playing above third pairing unless there's some major injury going on when you have at home Fabro, Carrier, and Yossi in there. <laughs> why? Why? I, why? The Predators have so many players around that same age where it's, yeah, we got to give him ice time. We got to give him an opportunity kind of thing. It's just the people in the system already are better. Right. They acquired Frederick, a, Frederick Allard got sent out. They never gave him a chance. Yeah. And between the two, they're pretty similar in terms of value they bring to the team it it just it's mind-blowing so so moving on from that it it was one of those things i i made an appearance in serious serious xm nhl on sunday um with dennis bernstein and david peniota and where they're doing their trade deadline special and was asked about forsberg what i thought i was like i think they're fairly close but i'm not sure if it's going to get done and all this kind of stuff with david peniota says i'm pretty sure it's not going to get done and they're just going to roll with it as they already kind of knew just like what was said trade deadline day everything and i went well david you just made a lot of press fans start sweating and it's true because now everyone's just on nerves 
because it didn't get done. Now, I do believe this time around, because it hasn't been a he said, she said situation like it was with Ryan Suter a decade ago, Forsberg, I do believe, wants to be here because he's comfortable here. He can be successful here. And the team is trending up. The team was trending the other direction and they were having a very shitty year. I wouldn't believe a word of that because it's like, why would you want to stay in a situation where it's a rebuild right now with the way they've actually built surprisingly enough, at least they can trend up. Not saying they're going to cup contender next year, but you have Yusuf Saros. You have Romanosi. If Matt Duchesne can even get, you know, 75% of what he's done this season, they're fine. Same with Ryan Johansson. Same with Mikel Granlin, it, it, all that. And if Tanner Janot can just be consistent and being a 20 goal score, like a, a, a power forward Craig Smith, anything like that, the, the trend is up because you're going to have more young talent coming in. Philip Tomasino is continuing to find his way and is projecting very well to be a great second line winger, I think, yeah. uh, for this team. And so all those things being said, it's like, why would you not want to be here now unless you just absolutely want to go to a different place to play that you think might get you a cup more quickly. So that all that being said, I think they're just some little things they can't figure out. And I do believe David Poyle on that. If he really thought there wasn't a chance to get a deal done that maybe they would have traded him, but it didn't get to that point where Forsberg said he's unhappy or if they're not even anywhere near close. I, so that being all that being said, it's still bad they didn't get it done because they've had all this time to get it done. Just like Matthias Eckholm made it a point to say, I want to get this done before the season starts. So I'm not getting bothered about it mm-hmm. all the freaking time. They got it done the day that like when a season started, they got it done. Now you have all the way through July to worry about Philip Forsberg and just get the damn thing done. I'd be more inclined to trust David Poyle if he didn't pull the laws and trade. And I'm not trying to be <laughs> funny or anything, but I just be more inclined. If, the biggest thing I think that's holding this deal back is some sort of pettiness from Poyle not giving him the eighth year. I don't think it has to do with money. I think it has to do with term. Term. And Everybody's I, been saying that too. And I think Forsberg knows he can go get seven years and the money he wants at the end of the season. So between now and UFA season, David Poyle has to step up. I, I can almost guarantee you the money is fine. Because David Poyle has shown that someone can go up to him and say, I want this much, please. And he doesn't learn from his mistakes. Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, like, he doesn't. And that's just how he is. It's the term. It has to be the term. I cannot think of anything else. It will be Clauses would be another one for Poyle. Yeah, I mean. He he doesn't like giving those out. They're modified for, like, Duchesne and Yossi. If I'm Phil, I'm asking for three years right off the hop. You can't trade me. And then the rest of it is modified. But that's like a, just, full, a full no trade and then a modified no trade. Three no trade because the team is trending up. In that yeah. third year, you're hoping Tolvanen hits a stride. You're hoping Tomasino hits a stride. You're hoping one of your draft picks also comes up and surprises you out of nowhere. Key free agent signings, you're on your way. I think Phil has to wants that three-year window. That's what makes sense to me because I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. And the term is what he wants, and it's his clauses. The money is there. The, there's no way the money isn't there. Because David Poyle, if I'm David Poyle, and it's either between Philip Forsberg or I have to trade one of my other shitty contracts, yeah, don't be an idiot. Swallow your pride. Trade your bad contract. Eat some of it and sign Philip Forsberg. It has to be the term. that It can't be anything else. So we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's, it's one of those things I know there's got to be some other teams out there that are salivating at the potential to be able to throw money. Philip Forsberg and even though yeah you can say well he's not gonna be able to repeat the season yeah but he's still gonna be a very good piece 
for any team out there that has the cap space for him, even if he only scores 25 goals in today's NHL. That's a very key. That's a top line winger for so many teams, 25 goals. And he plays <laughs> a different style of top line winger that can score still because he's physical. He's not your typical, like, I'm going to try and dangle everyone, even though he does have pretty good hands. He's got a big body. He's got muscle. It, to me, I said this halfway through the season. I'll say it again now. Los Angeles Kings is my front runner to get Phil. If he goes to free agency, my dark horse are the Devils. Can you imagine him and Arvidsson together again? And they have the cap room. They have a young up-and-coming team. It is Nashville 2.0, and you're going to L.A. Oh, boy. I love L.A. I don't. Traffic. (laughs) All right. So before we have to wrap it up, some life updates. Uh, Matt, first of all, congratulations on your brand new job. Thank you. That's exciting. What are you doing and who's it with? If you're willing to talk about yeah, it, yeah, that's fine. what's going on with your life. Um, so I left Sportsnet and anybody near me knows why. Um, <laughs> it's it's much better for my life and mental health is why I left them um, and career growth, too. I'm now with a company called Snap Call Media based out of Vancouver. Uh, the beautiful part of that is I am forever work from home now. I just have to work a little later than normal for start hours, which I stay up until three anyways. I am the head of content there. They are basically like complete strategists and producers, and they're doing gambling content at like 888 Casino. They're doing gambling content on WSN. Like we're in charge of different podcasts. We're in charge of different like executables. And we also like pride ourselves on being good at providing strategy for all these different places I come in and I'm managing a group of people that are really kick-ass and I'm really happy with my job right now, which has, uh, I haven't been able to say that in a long time, to be honest. I do love my job at Mayo media network. I always will. I actually got a promotion there too, which is fun. Thank you. I am now a director. Mm, That's a very weird title, but I like it. Um, but yeah, no, I, this is the first time where both of my jobs because throughout my career, I've always worked two or more jobs that I just, I love them. I haven't complained. Yeah, it's a bit of a, an adjustment, but it's such a fun role for me. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm very excited for you because you're just on the up and up right now. And Thank you. That's, it's only going to mean bigger and better things. That's mm-hmm. what's great. It's, it's, it's super fun. I mean, it has to do a lot with what I've done in my past, and there's new challenges too because I've never managed a team this big. Like This is a big-ass team to manage, but it's, it's a fun challenge for me. That is, and just imagine just work and lead you five years down the road that's what i'm excited for because this like there is real (laughs) growth opportunities here the way they pitch the company to me the way the company has actually been trending and i've got to see it so far after four days of work i'm really excited about the future at this place Uh, is there ever a chance where you might have to go to vancouver for like a business trip yeah yeah there's i can go to vancouver there's trips because they do a lot of documentaries too on poker players okay Uh, they before i got hired and before uh, COVID hit they were in like london following people for the world series of poker and i'd be directly involved and uh if you know me i'll never say no to traveling that's awesome because Vancouver's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Expensive, but beautiful. Expensive and rainy, <laughs> but when it's not rainy, it's gorgeous. And you'd be on a jet. Yeah, it might be a shitty jet because Canada introduced a bunch of like low-budget airfare options. Oh, where my you, gosh. They're stripped oh down to gosh. the bone, but yeah. Oh, boy. Well, be safe. Uh, and then I wanted to make sure two folks, um, those that are local, especially if you're interested, wedding reception is april 30th in lebanon tennessee um i need to know if you plan on coming to that so i know there's a lot of listeners that have an interest 
but I don't necessarily have your contact info or you're, <laughs> we're not friends on Facebook or you're not active on Facebook or whatnot. So please shoot me a message so I can get you that link because um, would love for you to come celebrate. Uh, I know Matt's working on trying to potentially get down here. I, I'm very much up in the air because we I yeah. just signed a lease. So I'm exactly April 1st. It's the, pot- so. it's the potential potential there. Cause I still need to meet his girlfriend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to meet people. This is the first time I met your fiat or your wife now. Yeah. After knowing exactly. you for so long. So, I mean, and you met my parents too. I did. I love your parents so much. <laughs> they remind me so much of my parents. It's oh, gosh. the best. Oh, also, well, folks, Alex is oh, one of my favorite human beings, by the way, because her and I got to shoot fireball, and that was so much fun for me. Yeah, I can only imagine. That was oh, so much fun. You got to experience so much, and I you did. didn't do a bunch of touristy stuff, which no, is great. which is the best. The best. Well, folks, that's our life update and our, our Pred stuff. We'll try to record again a little oh, bit shit, more soon. This hasn't been recording. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> oh, you, you son of a bitch. Oh, that was fun for me. Thank He's you. Matt Best at Best of Matt underscore asshole. <laughs> and there's also Triple P podcast underscore. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. Oh, oh I got you. Listen, that was fun. You, yeah, watch the video for my eyes. <laughs> they look like a white person's. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, Preds, Pucks, Pinoys, hosted by Justin Bradford and Matt Best.